Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. Today, I'm joined by Cardi S, a contemporary classical violinist. Now, Cardi, I feel I'm familiar, but I'm definitely not an expert on contemporary classical. So what is it, and why is it still so exciting to be a part of, even though we are quite a few years on from the golden age of classical music itself? Yes, this is all a good question. Look, I'd like to think that contemporary classical is very much uh, music that touches on classical repertoire, but with a contemporary spin on it. So that might be through the addition of, you know, new beats or new techniques or even dance movements, contemporary styles or genres of music um, that make a classical piece um, just that bit more exciting. So as a contemporary classical musician, what is it you do? You're a violinist, obviously. That's the main state. You go to the website, Cardi S Violin, up there in big letters. So what does it involve? Do you typically uh, participate in a you know, regular band? Are you an individual musician? How does it work compared to, say, the orchestra standard that people know where you're just amongst the sway of people in the semicircle on stage? Yeah, so I'd say the main difference is it's solo. Um, and so what that currently involves is producing violin covers with choreography. So it's a little bit different from sitting in an orchestra um, where you're stationary and working with a group to perform an orchestral work. Obviously, whilst you might be performing, I'm performing solo, um, I am very much working with a team to produce the work. And so there is a lot of work involved in that. Um, but so there's lots of different avenues to go down. So there's, you know, producing violin covers, but there's also gigs as well. And so performing live music, obviously with COVID, that was a little quieter for all of us, um, but things are picking up now. And so it's about um, being able to get out and make your own music and, and putting your, a new take on it as opposed to taking on instruction from someone else. Yeah, I mean, it, one of the really exciting things, I guess, uh, for me particularly, is I'm a big fan of soundtrack work, and I think that that informs and is informed by a lot of contemporary classical work because you hear, you know, these crazy orchestral things underlaid with these, you know, both tribal and electronic beats that you just never would have heard in years before. So how exciting is it for you as a local musician getting to work in a field that combines both the most forward-thinking and past-looking elements of our musical history here in the West? Love it. I absolutely love it. And I mean, that's why I'm doing it. I think um, you get to a stage where once you've received training for so long in arguably quite a traditional sense, um, you begin to have a personality and you break free to doing what you want to do. Yeah. And so I've obviously got an appreciation for classical music, but I have more of an interest and passion in contemporary music. So I think being able to combine the two together in a way that I enjoy listening to the music is what makes it that much more exciting. Um, and so that's predominantly why I've actually started going out on my own so that I can do what I like to do on a day-to-day -day basis rather than feeling constrained to existing um, genres or, yeah, keeping keeping things separate. On the same side, though, then, because contemporary classical, I guess, still kind of fills a bit of a niche, I feel, how do you go about finding gigs in the community? Because so many bands would try and look for people in a similar genre. Is that that same community of contemporary classical musicians that have secretly been hiding away from me for all these years? <laughs> look, it's a good question. I think, um, look, I've got a mixed answer to that. I think 
generally speaking, it is quite separate. There is a small group um, that do have, I guess they perform contemporary works in an orchestral environment, Um, but I would like to personally, I guess, take that an extra step to make it even more modern by putting choreography in it and really making it more pop. So something that's quite different. Yeah. Um, And I'm honestly in the early stages of doing that. Um, You know, I've got the vision board ready and Mm -hmm. it's in the works, Um, but I think there's not a lot of – there isn't a break through from the strict classical and the strict contemporary – merging the two together is still quite fine. It's still, yeah, conservative to a touch yeah, or or really quite out there. Well, I mean, I think my kind of first interactions with contemporary classical both would have been through my friends who did dancing and also through online darlings, like say Lindsay Sterling, for example, who blew the scene up uh, almost a decade ago. And oh, God, that's crazy to think. Um, so is, is there a particular element to contemporary classical that lends itself towards that kind of cross-disciplinary relationship with... I guess what you'd normally see on much bigger production scales with the choreography, like you'd see on huge pop stage shows, how does contemporary classical, you know, adapt to being somewhat smaller scale, but still having that bombastic and beautiful energy by integrating other mediums such as dance into its repertoire? Look, it's a good question. I think, look, Lindsay Sterling's a prime example, but I guess ultimately you've got to prepare the budget and you've really got to do the planning. And so I think, you know, going into actually the business side of music and what you really need to be able to do if you want to kick it off the ground is you've got to have that pre-production, that planning insight and and knowing sort of what the brief is prior to actually putting it together. You know, post-production is obviously, you know, your marketing, your negotiation, the sales, etc. cetera. Um, but, you know, it isn't as simple, I think, as just trying to get started um, and hoping for the best that people are going to jump on board. You've really got to have a clear plan in place so that anyone that is interested can actually jump on board. Now, you mentioned the horrible B word in there, the budget. And I guess that's one thing that's always a little bizarre, especially when you bring in a larger production, because as a musician, you're used to thinking, all right, how much does my instrument cost? You know, the strings, the rosin, whatever it may be for a violinist. How do you put your brain into a place and think about the larger scale of production? And what were some of the unexpected costs maybe that you came across when you first started putting larger production value into things that you wish you'd known about ahead of time? Look, it's a steep learning curve, (laughs) particularly if you don't have... Um, a background in, I guess, media or entertainment. Um, So I think my answer to that would be starting off by actually looking at what's what's an example of the outcome that you're after and actually presenting that information to someone that is experienced and asking for their advice. Yeah. Um, Saying, well, what do you think is involved in putting together – X production. You know, do you need a choreographer? Do you need a costume designer? Do you need a makeup artist? Do you need, you know, obviously a videographer, but maybe you even need a video director? Yeah. All these sorts of things. And obviously you've got to find and source your dancers, you know, the backup material for your backing tracks. Mm. Um, There's a whole load of things. And and that's not even really the planning of the actual creative side. Yeah. That's actually just the 
business side that you've got to consider in terms of what can you afford to do. And so on a smaller scale, you know, the easiest way is obviously just to budget for yourself yeah. um, to get, you know, things off the ground. But obviously over time, you know, once you receive some viewership, you do want to increase that. Um, and, you know, slowly increase the amount of people that are being involved in the production, obviously to make it more interesting. But I think all you have all you can really do is start by taking on advice yeah. from people that are experienced, that are willing to share their advice. And you can easily do that these days by connecting with people from LinkedIn, you know, and asking, well, you know, what's your experience? Can I take you out for coffee? I'd really love to learn from your experience. Um, and then starting to take and, and undertake some research um, to find out, well, what am I missing? And yeah. then honestly, it's a little bit of trial and error. I mean, that's one interesting thing. And we've mentioned it a few times on both this and last season of Get Gig Ready is having those networks of people outside of music that you can pull on for when you want to do things like music videos, like choreography, because unless you're some kind of genius savant and all the best to you if you are, you're not going to have all of the skills for every single discipline you want to include in your work. So it's good to have those networks of people. But one thing that I've not heard that you've just mentioned is just talking with people on the front of, hey, I want to learn this. You know, normally it's like, I guess the approach I hear a lot of musicians take is approach the people that you're a fan of and would like to, you know, parallel your work with. How important do you think that is? And is that an opportunity that more people you think should be taking? Look, it's a good question. I mean, I haven't thought about doing it in a different way because I think I've been trained to approach things in this particular manner. So I couldn't compare to say one's better than the other. Um, all I can say that is that this approach seems to be working. Um, <laughs> another approach might work as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, that's a really difficult question for me to answer. I mean, fair enough. But I, I think that's also one of the great things is having a palette of tools that you can use in your kit to make sure that you're ready to have those meetings, have those decisions. There have been so many times I've just, shot people an email and said, hey, could you put me in touch with this person? And sometimes it does work, sometimes it doesn't work, but you still have to find, create, and use those opportunities, which is why different alternatives like taking people out for coffee just to learn as opposed to, you know, sitting in the back row at their show waiting for them to be free and then catching them the moment that they get off stage is, you know, it's, it's just different parts of the same toolkit. And I think that's always good to have more pieces for it. Yeah, no, it's just a different approach. And look, ultimately, you know, it's really valuable to reach out to your existing network of just friends, you know, people that you've got on Facebook that you haven't spoken to in, in some time because everyone's got a network and everyone's willing to help if they know that there's something interesting going on. People like helping. Um, it's just a question of awareness sometimes. And so, you know, on that token, I guess you can be more casual um, from that perspective when you're saying, I want to learn how can, you know, you know, what can you share? Yeah. Um, people are willing to do it. It's it's really just um, the success or the response rate um, can vary between both. Yeah, I think also, and this is my moment to uh, thank the powers that be here at Get Gig Ready. If you're interested in getting in touch with more musicians, more creatives in your local area, we do have links to Lane Cove Council and City of Rides artist registers up alongside the podcast as always. So feel free to go check that out if you're interested. Cardi, thank you so much for joining me here on Get Get Ready. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. No worries. Thanks so much for having me.